Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You got to fight for your right to party. That's right. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl and the Maple Leafs sweep the Jets. Air traffic control. Hey, Jesse, the Jets got grounded, boy. And so did the Ravens. Everything that flies stayed on the ground. Let's go, Leafs. Let's go, Chiefs. Boys, how's the weekend going? Well, so- just for just for like full uh, transparency, James just said he just drank a coffee, and I can totally tell. <laughs> By the way, should we say slammed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely nice. great. Well, Dilly, how's it going, man? I'm I'm doing a lot better this week. Uh, I actually worked overtime Saturday, uh, but it was uh, I I got off work early enough so I could catch the Leafs game. So I was I was happy about that. It's always a beautiful thing. Clark Monroe, how's everything going on your side of the screen? Uh, good. It was a busy week, uh, but I got to catch both the games. And, uh, you know, it was good. Um, there was a big winter festival here in uh, Regina this weekend. Got to go with the kids. Uh, always a good time. And, uh, yeah, I was cheering for the Ravens. So I, was, I, didn't have a whole lot of, I didn't have a whole lot at stake. I wasn't like – I'm not a diehard Ravens fan or anything, but uh, – yeah, anyways, it's been a good week and a couple big wins for the fellas, so it, um, just cherry on top. It's definitely a cherry on top. Well, let's talk about that week that was for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Two games against the Jets. No one gave them a snowball's chance in hell to win these games. Everybody's saying, you know, this is going to be the problem. This will be the Achilles heel. Everything that came to be an issue wasn't an issue for the Maple Leafs. In that first game, yeah, it's a one nothing overtime win, but Sammy was supposed to be the problem. No, he was the one who solved all the problems, the giveaways, the bad plays, all those things, the 10-bell saves. Come on, chef's kiss. Samsonov is back, baby. I love it. We'll talk about him a little later. But then the second game, we're going to talk about goaltender interference at the end of this show, but that was wild what happened there. But the Leafs at the end of that period with a guy named Ryan Reeves get on the board. What did you guys take away from those two games? For me, it looked like the Leafs may have found stride here heading into an eight-game break where some players definitely need it. Um, yeah, I, I think I think somebody got the monkey off their back after uh, 30 shots on goal. Um, and people were calling for his salary. Uh, 
Johnny T got uh, a goal. It was a nice tipper, nice shot by Morgan. Um, and Revo got injected into the lineup and he brought the juice. He was snarling at the stars of the Winnipeg Jets. He brought everything that he needed to. He scored a goal that uh, was, again, a great tip. And, um, you know, Sammy showed up this week. Um, when all the doubters put him in the garbage, uh, he came out and said, uh, well, I'm no Oscar Grouch, but uh, I'll make sure to save a puck or two. He's Sesame Dead Street, that's for sure. <laughs> what are you saying, Clarky? How are you feeling about the Leafs week? What are, what are your takeaways here with those two games? Yeah, I think last weekend, James, I wasn't super confident in this one, uh, in these couple of games. I, I don't okay. I don't remember if I said they were going to lose both, but I didn't. I definitely didn't say they were going to win both. You did. I, I uh, said they were going to lose both. Yeah. And you so, said one and one. I, I said oh, yeah. one and one. One and one. Right. There we go. So I thought they might do okay. And I was really, really pumped with how both games went. Um, like you said, Samsonov, uh, for the first time in a long time for me, I'm not going to say that, you know, there, there's a lot of people saying he's all the way back or, you know, Sammy's all the way. I'm not going to say that, but I was definitely, there was a different sense of confidence Confident. and maybe calm that I had as a viewer, as a fan. Uh, just watching the games than I've had any time this season for sure that he's been in net. Um, and it just, he went, I got, I got the sense that um, he was back to his ways of, you know, his uh, net positioning was sharp. Uh, that was the thing that I've noticed a lot this year um, earlier than the year when he was, you know, when we were all nervous about him uh, was he was always, he was all over the place. He was sliding too much. He was moving too much. He was out of position uh, and he looked back in place uh, this these last couple of games, which I think is basically the key for him. Is just stay in there, uh, stay in place, and and trust your abilities. And he's got the ability to do it. So uh, we'll get into more of that a little bit later, maybe. But um, definitely felt good about him. Um, you know, the one thing that has really been on my mind this past week or so has been the secondary scoring, uh, and we've seen and talked about uh, some of the guys and to see. Uh, not just Reeves get a goal in his first game back, which was great. Uh, but you know, Benoit got that. Benny MVP beat the Jets. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta love what that. You gotta love that. And uh, you know, just to see some of the other guys chip it in here and there, I think was was really good to see. Uh, John Tavares, you could tell that weight come off his shoulder was. He had he had not just a monkey on his back. He had the Planet of the Apes on his back. I think. Uh, so he, he felt pretty good. He felt pretty good scoring that goal. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, a great couple of games against a very good team. Yes, they were missing Shifley and Morrissey was out for a little bit of that first game and uh, whoever else the Jets don't maybe have. But you still got to beat the teams that are ahead of you. And the Jets are still a very good team, even without those guys. Uh, so to beat them twice, uh, I think has to have the room just buzzing right now and, and uh, looking forward to, well, I guess the all-star break, but uh, when they get back and maybe, maybe it's now time, maybe that's a bit of a statement to, to Mr. Tree living upstairs to say, Hey, we are the team. Let's do this. Give us a move. Let's make this happen. Yeah, yeah definitely a move should be made for this squad, obviously on the back end, but uh, we've talked about that at nauseum here, you know, moving guys in their correct positions um, for me, I'll touch on Sammy just for a second because we will talk about him later. One thing I've super noticed about him in these past few games is his actual vision towards the puck. So it's looking, actively searching. You look at Jonathan Quick, 
And I'm not saying the Leafs are going a cup run, so everybody calm down. I'm just saying when Quick was at his absolute best, he was tracking the puck well. He was looking around reads. He was trying to do everything he could to see where that puck was coming from. And Samsonov is doing a bit of that. And we had our buddy Kevin Woodley on talking about how and what Samsonov needed to do and the things that were hindering his game from taking the next step. And a lot of it was between the ears and even using his ears to what was being told to him. So maybe he's buying in. I said it on my live the other night. Maybe he's buying into some of the things he's being told. And uh, it never hurts. Dylan, you spoke about it before we jumped on. Talking to someone. Talking to someone you trust. Well, yeah. talk to his father, talk to his wife, talk to the different coaches in the Leafs staff and really got himself reset. So I'm hoping he's back, but we'll touch on more on Sammy in a bit. So we come into the All-Star break. The Leafs are in a wild card spot, which I'm not hating, by the way. We'd play the Philadelphia Flyers right now, which is not too shabby. Somebody different. Somebody different that maybe we could, you know, have our way with if you wanted to, if the Leafs were healthy and built right. I like that word. I like that word. Just saying. And build a new rivalry. Well, it is. It is. It would rectify an issue for me that came up when I was in high school and Jeremy Roenick coming down the wing and putting the Leafs out in the playoffs, ending the Pat Quinn era, sort of speak. So I would like that to be a Just date you a little bit, right? What's that? I said, just date you a little bit. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Everybody no, I don't think age. about that all the time. No, screw that. No, not at all. <laughs> hey, I don't even remember that. So there you go. Yeah. You were just a twinkle in someone's eye, sir. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Listen, all right. We're going into the, wild, the, the, uh, the all-star break. The Leafs are in the wild card spot. Not too bad. I talked about it a second ago. This may benefit the Leafs here. This eight games. Giordano's look very slow, tired. Eight games, never a bad thing. Ryan Reeves just came in with all the jump of a 20-volt battery that just got recharged. So maybe some time off will allow him to roll into the next game. Also, we got an injury to Callie Yarncroke. He's week to week. Great. What a great time to have eight days off, yeah. you know, and be able to kind of heal up and just relax and rest. JT looking slow. What does he need? Rest. Cool. Here's eight days off. TJ Brody, eight days off. We should see a refreshed and rejuvenated Leafs group at the end of this All-Star break. I think on Monday when we come back, this team should have a little bit more pep in their step. And obviously the city of Toronto is going to be rocking with all the stars there. Maybe a little rub happens while they're there and someone ends up wanting to come here at trade deadline time. Who knows? But it's a good way to wheel and deal. And we all know the boys get talking. So who would you want to see realistically come to Toronto? At the trade deadline. If, Just if one name, one quick name. Uh, no, it wouldn't happen. I was thinking of an all-star, but uh, you Dickie go. Crosby. <laughs> hey, man. Kyle, <laughs> Dubis, Kyle Dubis wants to make amends with Men's. his Toronto friends. And Sidney Crosby for Bobby McMahon, straight up. Oh, I, I, man. Retains 50%. Pittsburgh's got to throw in at least a bag of pucks on that one, man. Come on now. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, you know what? They could throw in Jake Gensel too while they're at it. <laughs> well, Jesus. <laughs> no, I might you know get what? it done. But Bobby McMahon is something, man. Oh, he's great. Uh, I haven't done like my normal and whoever, uh, if you guys have watched Offside and I've been on it, uh, if you've followed me on TikTok over the years, you know I love myself some trade talk. I love a good rumor. I love a good uh, fit, uh, rabbit hole where you – look at this guy or you look at trade history and 
this guy likes trading with this team. Maybe it's this guy. I haven't done that fully yet. I haven't fully dove in, but there are some names that I really like. And one name that I kind of thought about this past week uh, was Adam Henrique from the Anaheim Ducks. And this guy has had some playoff runs in the past. The Ducks are going nowhere fast. He's a UFA. And I think now, again, everyone's going to be like, well, he's a forward. Don't they need defense? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, one of the things that we've definitely seen is um, the secondary scoring is a little rough. Uh, and I think Adam Henrique, uh, and if you guys saw my uh, rant last week about the penalty kill uh, and Mitch Marner, Adam Henrique can come in. And Ring the center. bell. He can be a centerman on the penalty kill. He can take some time away from Mitch Marner in that regard. He can be that third-line center that Ryan O'Reilly kind of was last year. I'm not calling him a Ryan O'Reilly clone. Relax. But he's he's done it. He's been there. Uh, and he can play every position. He can pretty much play any role. I mean, right now he's playing top six in Anaheim. So he's not going to play top six in Toronto. He'll play third line probably, uh, especially with Yarncroke out. If they were to get him kind of earlier, he could really fill that spot. Uh, you, it allows Domi to go back to the wing, which would be another benefit because Henrik, I would assume, would be the third line center. Uh, you'd probably put him with Domi and uh, Yarncroke when he's back on that third line. Uh, and I don't know what the trade would be, but he is a UFA. He's in his mid-30s. He is kind of expensive so uh, in terms of his contract, so there would have to be some maneuvering there. Uh, but I really feel like that's a nice fit. I think he kind of fills the a uh, couple of needs for the team and uh, maybe you package him. I said it in the group chat, I think, but maybe you package a guy like Radko Gudis with that um, or somebody else from Anaheim. They have a couple other guys that maybe you could get a little package. Uh, do all your shopping in one place, uh, as we've heard in the past. Yeah, uh, We've had a history with the Ducks as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. The thing is, is that, you, yes, Dylan, we have, the, the Leafs have, but. I know three, it's not the same people. Three Living's also in place now, and I don't know about his history with, and Pat Verbeek is a brand new GM. There. Oh, 100%. So, no, I, I'm just saying. So the history there kind of almost doesn't matter. Um, but, hey, look, it's Jesse Pierce. What's up, JP? Um, we don't want John Merrill. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and a new <laughs> traffic cone. Uh, yeah, we don't want John Merrill. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, great but, locker room guy. Oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, if you want to throw Matt Boldy our way, or if you want to throw yes, you know, other guys, I'd be great. Um, Philip Gustafson, Marc-Andre Fleury. But uh, yeah, John Merrill, he's good. He's He's got a home there. I wouldn't want to disrupt his life. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we've already <laughs> taken one too many of the... Uh, Minnesota defensemen that have problems on our team. So yeah, I'll say this. Look at yeah, this. I want to do a quick... by name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a quick shout out. Our, our friends over at the uh, the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Go check them out. They're absolutely awesome. Putting in the hard work all the time. Always down by the Minnesota rink. But for me, I look at it like this and say, what you need to do is you pull up for the past two seasons, three seasons, four seasons, whatever you want to do. You look at the list and you say, hmm, all right, who's the best penalty killers in the National Hockey League? who's always on the ice for the least goals against on the penalty kill, and it's coming up. The name that just came up is Adam Henrique. Blake Coleman is another one from the Calgary Ooh. Flames. So if you're looking for something to add to this team, you go and look for penalty killers that can fill a role that you so desperately need. So you grab that list, Brad, for a living, and you look over it and you say, all right, this guy's my buddy, this guy's not. Hey, Calgary hates my guts, but maybe we can get him for a higher price and just pay it and get the damn penalty killers on the Leafs because that's what they need. Yeah, one, one other name too, James. I, I can't remember if I mentioned this name in the past. Uh, and again, it kind of depends 
on what Seattle wants to do in the mm-hmm. next little bit here. But Adam Larson is a guy yes. that I think would be a really nice fit. The right shot guy, of course. Obviously, that's always kind of a buzzword with the right shot stuff on defense. Uh, but I really do think he would be that kind of defensive guy who can maybe alleviate some of that pressure from TJ Brody. How much have we talked about that? You yeah. put Adam Larson up with uh, Morgan Riley. I think that would be a nice top pair. I'm not saying Adam Larson is Victor Hedman. Uh, but I am saying that Adam Larson, I think, would be a decent fit, kind of fill what they would want in that role, and it would allow everybody to just kind of play their own roles a little bit better or the roles that they should be playing. Again, TJ Brody maybe moves down in the lineup. I think that benefits everybody, and it makes TJ Brody a better player. And Adam Larson, you know, he's a shot blocker. James, you know this. He's a minute munching, shot blocking, uh, <laughs> all the Net front clearing son of a gun. Yeah. I mean, again, he's not a world beater, but I think he's a good enough defenseman who, um, you said realistic. Again, we're not talking about getting, um, you know, a guy like Victor Hedman here. We're talking about Adam Larson on a Seattle team that is kind of in, I'm going to say flux. I'm not going to say they're (laughs) rebuilding, but they're also, where are they? So um, kind of similar to where Calgary is, in, in my opinion. Uh, but that's kind of another name. If you could uh, pluck him out of Seattle, I think uh, that might be a decent fit. Uh, I think we've been linked to this guy for a while, but uh, Matt Dumba, he's he's a right-handed shot. He knows his minutes. He's played well in Arizona. Um, he is week-to-week right now. I just found out I was doing my due diligence, but um, he's somebody that uh, took a risk in Arizona, and he's he's done his job. Hey, listen, that's a name that you can definitely probably go after and get him for relatively cheaper than you probably would in years past out of Arizona where he's on the one-year deal. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, that's another good name. But yeah, stick to that script, Brad, you're living. Find yourself some penalty killers and build yourself a better PK unit because that is something that's hindering the Leafs a whole lot. Let's swing into the GBU before we talk about our friends over at DraftKings. Uh, The good for this week, man, the good is the feel-good stories. Benoit scores, JT getting the monkey off his back, Ryan Reeves comes in and looks like the shit disturber he's supposed to be, and of course, Ilya Samsonov putting a smile on Sammy's face, and uh, I love what Matthews did, Captain Material, making sure that belt stayed on Sammy's shoulder when he tried to give it up, so uh, I like that. Those are my goods for the week. What are yours? Uh, I mean, (laughs) you covered all of them. Uh, Poppy getting... Getting 40 before the All-Star break and uh, potting his 600th point, being the fastest Leaf in history. Clark, yeah. what you good, man? You know, I'm going to go – I could go a couple different directions on this. I mean, you kind of did say a couple <laughs> of the bigger ones. Obviously, love seeing Ryan Reeves. And one thing that I think um, – I mean, we have Reeves debate next, so I'm going to I'm going to hold off on maybe diving into Ryan Reeves at the moment, but uh, definitely like to see him doing his thing. Uh, So I'll say that for an honorable mention. Uh, But one thing I'm going to say is just JT, John Tavares getting that goal uh, is good. And the reason I say that is because, like I said, I think he was carrying a lot of weight uh, and. Uh, that's something that with him, you can tell the passion is there. And I think if he was starting to feel a little bit more of the heat uh, than he is normally used to feeling, I think that was really affecting him. So to get that goal um, in a big, in a big moment, uh, I think that was a huge one for him. And I think it's going to go a long way 
for him going into this all-star break on a high. Uh, you know what? Everybody on the team going into this all-star break on a high. I think that's maybe the best part of it is you beat Winnipeg twice. Like I said, maybe they're not at full strength, but it's still Winnipeg. They're still at the top of the league right now. And you just beat them twice, once in their home on a Saturday night. So you got to feel good about that going into the all-star break. It gives the, it gives the all-star guys a little bit more bragging rights for the week. They don't have to go into this week feeling like crap. And it gives everybody else a chance to go home, uh, you know, on a good mood or go to freaking Mexico or wherever they're going. Uh, you know, f- yeah, feeling feeling good on a high, uh, and you come back refreshed on a good note in a happy mood when you come back. And uh, I'm sure Sheldon Keefe also isn't uh, upset about the back-to-back wins going into the break as well. No, definitely, I don't think so. The uh, the bad for this week, the bad for me, guys. It's simple, it's quick, it's easy. It's the fact the Leafs are kind of rolling right now, and they have to take a break. Yep. I said it's good for some of the guys, but. When you're starting to heat up or even starting to get on a roll, they've won three in a row. You want to keep that feeling going. You want to keep the mo going, but uh, you got eight days off. So the bad is we have to stop the train, but hopefully with some rest and rejuvenation and relaxation and whatever you want to say, because I can't speak words because I've been up too long. Hey, at least I hope the Leafs can bring it back. But the bad is we have to stop watching the streak right now and focus on the uh, all-star festivities. All-star no. festivities. <laughs> I'm not not excited about the all-star festivities. No. I want the regular season the to get back. Draft will be fun. Oh, it'll, that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. There'll be some fun moments. There always is, but it's just... hey, hey, it's my holidays. I took days off for this. It's exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What is that? okay? So, what is your guys' bad for the week, Clark? You go with you. Um, my bad. I'm going to go with Martin Jones. Didn't make a single save this week. I can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> didn't make a single save. Hey, man. Uh, just brutal performance. No, no lies were told. No, uh, no. You know what? I'm going to save. Uh, I was going to say one thing, but I'm going to save it for the ugly. And I think James, you'll know kind of where I'm going maybe with this, uh, when we get there, oh, but, um, I'm going to say my bad is Mark Giordano. Uh, I think this guy needs, well, it's it's come to the light a little bit more in the past little while that this guy needs some load management. You guys have both talked about it. I don't need to tell you about it. Um, but I think this is kind of just more emphasizing the need for the Leafs to add a guy like Adam Larson, like I just kind of said, like a guy who can really, really push some guys down in the order. Uh, and that means that Mark Giordano maybe becomes the 6.5 defenseman. Not the 7, but he's the 6.5, and he's flipping in and out with... Uh, whoever it happens to be. Because if you add a guy at the top or in the middle, uh, that's going to sh- give you – I'm just going to use Larson's name for an example. Riley Larson. You got McCabe and Lilligren who haven't been too bad together. And then you see Brody go down to the third pair. Brody Giordano. I don't know why they haven't played together more. Like, is, is that, this, is, is that is a great question. We've talked about this like right when they got – They can Mark just Giordano. eat minutes on that last pair too. Yeah, but – how, the fact that they played together for so long in Calgary and then they haven't, they've like literally not played together at all since they've been in Toronto. I just find that really odd. But you get them back together, uh, you get Benoit down there, you get a couple other guys flipping in and out. And I think that is the ultimate uh, path to success. Um, and I think, again, Mark Giordano, get him in every single game in the playoffs, but let's give this guy some games off. So my bad. And it's not that bad. 
but uh, it's just Mark Giordano over the last little while. I'm not even going to say he did anything necessarily poor in the Winnipeg games. Just in the last little while, it's starting to creep its ugly head a little bit more. And yep, uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes after the All Star break. Um, I don't know if this is bad or ugly. It might be a little bit of both. But uh, I kind of thought that the penalties that we took were a little too much this week. Um, although that Winnipeg has a poor uh, power play. Um, I think that if this was another top team that we would have been ran the hell over. And I don't mean that lightly, but like the, their percentage on the power play is crap. If it was Colorado, if it was Boston, I think we would have lost these, these games. So uh, for me, that's, that's my bad this week. Well, Colorado, there are, when they play, when they put those lot guys on the ice, they're on a different, they're in a different league altogether. You know, don't you remember? Yep. Sheldon keeps calling them. They're not even NHLers, man. They're, they're not even, they're aliens. Yeah. yeah. Extraterrestrials. Um, we'll swing to the ugly. The ugly for this week for me is really just nothing. I have nothing. I don't have any ugly. It's hard to be ugly this week. Rod said that I was a little um, upset, cranky after a Leafs win. But at the same time, I was only pointing out the fact that if a team wants to be great, they have to focus on every detail, and the power play was the problem. If you want to call that ugly, I guess we'll call the power play ugly. 0 for 5, they scored on Saturday. But I'm saying when you're 0 for 21 going in to Saturday's game, that's a bit ugly. That's that's an ugly number. So you want to get that rolling. I'm still of the belief that you guys – we need to break up the power play units. Yep. They need to figure something new out. Teams are getting it. And guess what? You can go back to this option once you've had enough time away from it and run it back out there. These guys don't forget how to play with each other. They know what they're doing. Yeah, smile and smirk. Smirk there, Clarky. But these guys know what they're doing. So break up those units. Make it better. Make it more guessing work for the opposing teams. And also give some guys some cookies, man. Help spread it around. Get some Domies, some Burts, some Robertsons out there with some of the big boys and see if they can deliver and what you can find. Maybe put knives on PP1 and park his big ass in front of the net. See what he can do with a stick battle or two. Yes, please. You know, those things right there. That's my ugly. It's not even really yeah, ugly. Yeah, it, it could boost somebody's confidence. I I, I think you're right. For sure. Everybody it it, it takes, takes one to be potted in the back of the net, and they can go on a roll. That's it. Clarky, what's your ugly? So I'm going to go with the uh, goaltender interference. Yeah. Nice. Uh, now, I obviously, everybody saw the comparison of the Oilers clip where it was a goal and the Leafs clip where it wasn't a goal. Uh, very stark differences between the two, and one I feel like shouldn't have been or – if it wasn't, that's great. But that should mean that the Nylander one and slash Bertuzzi was a goal. And here's here's my biggest argument with that. And, and I know it's been said because people are talking about this. This is a hot topic. Uh, but when Nylander came across the crease, I feel like he wasn't in the crease necessarily. He was very much at the top and he wasn't making contact with Connor Hellebuck. Nope. nope. Dylan DeMello pushes him into Connor Hellebuck. And it wasn't boy. even it wasn't even that severe. It, I feel like it was. Yes, it happened. They bumped, and it caused Hellebuck to change his path or whatever he was doing. Yep. But Nylander immediately got back out of the crease as soon as he possibly could. The play continued for about a second, 
and then Bertuzzi scored. Hellebuck had a chance to move. He had a chance to react to where the puck was going. The puck changed directions very fast. It came to Bertuzzi on the other side. But Hellebuck was reacting to the puck. And Nylander, when the goal was scored, was outside of the crease, not touching anybody. Yep. And to me, I, I just don't understand how, uh, not only when you review it in the first place, but after the challenge, you don't see that DeMello did the push. Nylander was not trying to make contact. Twice. And he immediately got out of the crease in order to not make contact. Uh, and to me, that's something that, uh, I mean, it's not a secret that needs to be reviewed and standardized and figured out because it's just ridiculous yeah. that you can have a goal like what happened in Edmonton where the goalie literally got bowled over. The guy was in the net, basically, when the goal was scored. And it was like bang, bang when that happened. But Nylander gets out of the way as soon as he possibly can after getting pushed by the defenseman. And that doesn't count. So uh, definitely need to be something that this league figures out. And yes, you know what? At the moment, in the moment, the referees can absolutely make that call at that school tender interference because yeah. that is a hard call to make in the moment when things are flying around and there's four guys in front of the net and things are happening and moving and whatever. But after a review, you got to make the right call on that. Yep. And there's no chance that that was goaltender interference. That can't be it. I get where the argument is from the Winnipeg fan base uh, and some other people who are calling it out. But by the rule and the way that it should be called, there's no way league-wide that that should not be a goal. That should be a goal every day of the week. For any team, any situation, that should be. So that's my ugly. At, at least we know that the uh, the Toronto video uh, review people are, are, are not on our side. <laughs> well, hold on. Now. Let's hold the phone there for a second because that call right there, uh, Dave Jackson will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I brought this up to him before. That call ultimately stays in the ref's hand. Oh, it yeah. is the ref's discretion to say goal or no goal after they review it. That's good to know. So that is completely, it could be 100 different viewpoints on it from every different referee in the league. So it's no, that's, that's why it's not cut and dry what goaltender interference is. So they didn't go to Toronto Everyone to has their it. own interpretation of what it is oh, and fuck. what they feel deems it to be goaltender interference. So that is the problem. So it's That's clear. why it's not standardized because it's ref's interpretation. So it's clear as mud. Basically, yep. it's clear as mud thrown in your face. So that's why I said in my ranting video, what you need to do is have a clear-cut, black-and-white definition of what it is and leave it out of the ref's hands. Yep. So if this happens, this happens, this happens, you check the boxes and say no goal, all of these things line up. This happened, but this didn't happen, but he got pushed in. Well, that doesn't line up. Good goal. Simple. It's an easy fix. You just standardize the rule and make it a black and white, cut yep. across the board. This is what it is. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Instead, you have every ref saying, well, this is the way that I view it. And refs don't have to answer questions after games. So, therefore, they can just they need my them. interpretation, and that's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I just don't see how I, I – you – interpret that rule the way that it is written as the way Nylander reacted to that. It's not like he even fell into the goalie and that caused the goal to happen. He got out of the way. He got out of the crease. He was standing mm -hmm. outside of the paint yeah. at like 80% of the time during that play. Uh, and the only time he wasn't was DeMello pushed him. He fell in, got immediately out. And it's just like, 
come on like that's not even it's not even egregious uh, to me that's 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 just ridiculous it's cool you know what best part about it they still won the game that yeah well at that point it was contentious it was a, because it was it was a big a moment for yeah sure. it was 2-1 yeah. goal yeah. Dylan, what's your ugly? By the way, we, we're pretty much taking care of what is goaltender interference, so <laughs> we, we won't go to that topic at the end here. That uh, is oh, just yeah, uh, right. taking off the sandwich board <laughs> right, right there. <laughs> okay, we just uh, we just ate that um, lunch menu already. I, Dylan, I, don't really, I don't really have any ugly this week. Uh, I, I, I think just the power play needs to get clicking, like, like you said, um, and uh, stay the hell out of the penalty box against good teams even though Winnipeg wasn't a good team on the power play, I think it's crucial when we're facing teams like that because it could be detrimental. All right. Well, there's your GBU. And speaking of another good, bad, and the ugly, whoever you root for in a Super Bowl coming up very soon, our friends are looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into $200 instantly in bonus bets. Myself will be checking some money over on the old Kansas City Chiefs to get themselves another Super Bowl. Download the DraftKings Sports. Go 49ers. (laughs) And use the code THPN. New customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl 58. Use the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800. Gambler.net in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for your problem gambling. Call 888-87-89777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets set to expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gambling resources. So get your bets over there Psh, to the 49ers. Clark, get out of here. James, I missed oh, that. Hey. Can you repeat hey. again, the phone numbers? <laughs> oh, oh, we're good. We're good. No, we're never, good. never oh, bet on your own good. team. No, never bet on your I own. will say um, the reason I'm cheering for the 49ers now uh, is because I've been to a 49ers game. Uh, it was way back in 2009 or 10. I can't remember what month it was in the season. Uh, but it was, uh, you were at school down there, right? Down in California. I was there. So we went to a 49ers game at their old stadium. It was uh dump, but it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and it was Alex Smith for the 49ers Ooh. against Kurt Warner and the Arizona Cardinals. Very cool game to be at. Um, I can't remember. I think it was just a regular old Sunday game. It wasn't Monday night football or anything, but really cool game to be at. So go Niners. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we'll have a little bit of a rivalry going on. Matt Marchese and me have been talking back and forth, too, about the fact that he, he said that the Chiefs would have nothing down the stretch but Pacheco. And, uh, of course, they, they've had a lot more weapons than just that, obviously. So, so you know what my, coming on. my number one wish for it is, is that they both wear their red jerseys? Yeah, we know that's not happening, but I love it. Just, just a field of red jerseys running around. Nobody knows who's who. That'd be just great. pure and utter chaos. Yeah. My wish my wish is for Taylor Swift against Eminem. Oh, no, it's not Eminem. It's over now. <laughs> it's over. That that, that that Detroit blew it 21-7. to seven It's over. Jeez, Sorry, then. Jeez. Someone who didn't blow it, though, was a guy who got back in the lineup for the Maple Leafs, oh. and that was Ryan Reeves. He did it? Got in the lineup. Throwing some hits, tips a puck in, 
mixes it up with Ehlers towards the end of the game. I know it's the end of the game, but still, Winnipeg was trying to press. So he's taking a guy who is one of their key offensive weapons and scrumming it up with him. Some people were calling him a goon for it. Guess what the Leafs have been lacking? A goon. A guy who does that stuff, who gets under people's skin, laughs at you, waves bye-bye and blows kisses as he's leaving the ice. I love those things. And that's what we all were excited for on game one when Ryan Reeves did the old pump like that. We were like, this is going to be a wicked season because he's going to do fun things like that. Three games later, he really wasn't doing that anymore. But it seemed like maybe he's learned or thought through what he's going to do in games because throwing those hits – disrupting the cycle, which I said he did do very much well in the defensive zone, in the offensive zone, both ways. He was either creating or stopping the cycle by throwing body checks, and I love that. But even getting back, even though he looked like the Curtis Gabriel macho man skater, he was still hustling as hard as he could to get back into play. So I loved everything he brought. The effort level was 110%. And if we can get that Revo, even if you're putting him in, Every one to, you know, five games or whatever. Cool. Because they could use that against teams like Winnipeg. Teams that have a little snarl. And if you can throw other key guys off their game, I'm all for it, man. The Reeves debate, though, is people want this guy gone because obviously what he did on Saturday night is not something he usually does for the Leafs so far. But if he can be that player, guys, would you not want him in your lineup 100%. In games that matter where there's a little bit of bite from the other team. You know, Logan Stanley could have very well been in these games, and that's a guy you'd want to see Brian Reeves go up against. Now, but he's Adam mixing Lowry. it up with Morrissey. He's mixing yeah. it up with Ehlers. Yeah. I'm liking what I'm seeing, man. Adam Lowry, yeah. I yeah, like Adam Lowry's not afraid to chuck him, in, but I think he's captain now. He wouldn't he wouldn't throw him as much. So what, what do you what do you say, Dylan? Do you do you are you what side of the debate are you on? If you can get this version of Reeves, do you keep him around? I would keep him around. You need this snot in the lineup, as as uh, Tree Living would say. Um, I I love that energy. It brings it distracts everybody sport. else uh, from something else in the game. Like the boys don't have to worry about anything. He can handle all the stupid BS in front of the net, in front of their net. Um, and yeah, I, I love this type of hockey. Um, like I said, guys like even Domi, he's, he's a bulldog, but I, I love it. He's hounds the puck. He's somebody that's not afraid to scrap, but he doesn't always need to do it. Uh, somebody like Revo is brings intimidation and he just laughs in people's face. It, it brings me enjoyment. Honestly, you, you love to have him on your team, but you hate when he's against your team. I, I've always hated him on any other team, so I'm glad he's a leave. Clarky, what do you say? Yeah, and I mean, I think the the big um, the sentiment, I guess, or like the uh, narrative that people want him gone uh, is, I think, based on some of the games he was playing where he wasn't doing any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. We talked about this when that was happening before his injury. We talked about, you know, what is he doing out there? He was brought in to be what he was on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have to score a goal. Um, he, he doesn't does. have to score. But if he's out there and, and, and doing what he did against Ehlers, taking a top six guy out of his mindset in yeah. terms of what he needs to do out there. And at the end of the game, he was the one on the ice in the last minute. Uh, Reeve, or, uh, Keith put him out there in the last minute uh, to just, hey, go be bad cop. Go be bad yeah. cop. 
and there are no other bad cops. Uh, and you saw when that goal was scored and McCabe kind of jumped into it. Uh, it was, um, who would it have been that McCabe jumped after? It was, uh, Appleton, I think. Appleton, yeah. Appleton, yep. the guy who came after McCabe. And, and Reeves wanted to get to Appleton. And the yeah. best part about it was uh, McCabe got to Appleton first. Yeah. And Reeves was like, oh, shoot, now where do I go? And Morrissey, <laughs> I was, Morrissey was just there, and he just went over and started giving him little love taps in the chin. That's great. Do that more often, please. Like, we need more guys like that. And you know what that does is that Josh Morrissey, next time the Leafs play the Jets, which I don't think they play again this season. No, uh, the final. Maybe the, maybe the final. <laughs> uh, but you know, you know that he's going to be talking to Morrissey. Uh, he's yeah. going to be doing that stuff. He's going to be talking to Ehlers. And – uh, the best part about it was, you know, McCabe got all the attention on Appleton. Uh, they they actually legitimately kind of went at it, and Reeves was the one that got booted. Yeah. He wasn't even he wasn't yeah. even in, he was barely involved, and he was the one that got booted. I don't even know if McCabe got a penalty at the end of that. No, uh, he bounced on him. Yeah, uh, because and I think I don't know why I thumbs up. Just do I if I do this, do thumbs ups pop up? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> is somebody giving me a poke? Am I getting I a little confidence? Uh, but anyways, it, it just the fact that he's the one that got the attention and left Jake McCabe out of it, I think that's fantastic. And that's what he's here for. So, yes, yeah. uh, I think Reeves has a spot on this team. James, I think he kind of nailed it. Maybe against the faster teams, you put in uh, Bobby McMahon or or whoever. Yeah. Uh, but if you got a bigger team coming in or you want to maybe have that that angle that you have, that Sheldon Keefe is, is trust. And here's the other part that I really liked, and this was a very small moment but I really, really like this moment is when uh, the Leafs got a penalty that somebody had to serve. Was it, what was it? Was it too many men? I can't even remember. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Somebody it was, to... yeah, it was something. I forget what it was, but yeah, he served it. Yeah. So the moment was they showed the bench and Reeves was standing right with Keefe. They were right beside each other talking about something. Reeves turns around, looks at Keefe. Keefe gives him a nod. He goes and serves the penalty. He knows his role in this team. And I think that's a very important thing for Sheldon Keefe to be able to lean on. And it's very small. Like I said, it's, this isn't a big this isn't a big thing. This is a small thing. And I think if Sheldon Keefe can have a little bit of confidence in a guy like that to kind of just do whatever he says, yeah. I think that's something that Keefe hasn't really had. Uh, and I think that he likes having that available to him. So I think Sheldon Keefe likes him out there. I know there was a little bit of um, perceived riff with, with Ryan Reeves on the IR or like, Hey, I've been healthy. I don't know what I'm doing up scratches. I don't know what's going on. I know that that was kind of a perceived thing that people kind of took with, took and ran with. Uh, but I really do think that him and Sheldon Keefe have a really good rapport. And I think that he, Keefe likes him on the bench. He likes him out there. He likes doing his thing. And one last thing before I end this. He didn't do anything to Nikolai Ehlers. Ehlers started that thing. Ehlers, like, pushed it. He pushed Reeves' buttons. Reeves was just like, I think... You want to do this. <laughs> I think Ehlers looked at Reeves and Reeves was like... Did you realize it was me? Because I don't know if you knew it was me. Because <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? And then he kind of gave him a couple of pushes. Are you sure? And then and he's like, no. You saw when Reeves skated away, he kind of smacked him on the butt and said, "Like, yeah, I know you wouldn't have ever done this. I'm, I'm just bugging you. I'm just bugging you." Uh, and I think that's just a really cool thing. Again, I don't think that was a bad thing at all. I think that's great. If you can get Ryan Reeves out there, bugging the top six forwards for the other team or anybody, Josh Morrissey. Uh, yep. If you can get him out there taking them a little bit off their game, that's where he becomes an important guy. And yes, I think he has a very important place on this team. It might not be an everyday thing. It might be eight minutes or less a night, but yep. I think it's a very important role. 
he just needs to play like he did on Saturday night. And if he can do that, that's a valuable guy. I don't care what his contract says or what people say. I think that's a valuable guy myself. Yeah, I, I, I think what's important is what he said in the off season is what he did Saturday. He yep. was like, I'm here to go at the top six guys and make sure that I'm a pest out on the ice. And yep. I, I think if he continues to do this, I don't have a, have a problem with him in the lineup every five games, every so often, whenever he's needed. And I think you're right by saying Keith does have confidence when he's around. Yeah, it, it adds no, something to it. Keith's mindset for sure. Yeah. yeah, it makes everybody feel two inches taller. Well, the last thing we'll talk about mindset is the Samsonov mindset. And is he back between the years on the ice and everything? I've been telling everyone, take it a game at a time. Let him use him each game as a building block for his success to make him better, to make him feel better between the pipes. But every big 10-bell save, every victory, every whatever it is during a game that happens – it means something big to him. He talked about the tears when the Scotiabank crowd was cheering him on and chanting his name and how that felt and how he liked the way that felt and remembered how it felt last year. So for me, I would say he's not back yet because we're not out of the woods. Yeah, It's a nice small sample size here. He's looking good. His reads are good. His movement is good, like you said, Clark. Um, you know, he's tracking well. He's doing what he needs to do. But the thing is, that needs to be consistent. But what we need to see is what happens when Sammy gets shelled or when Sammy gets rocked by two goals quickly. Yeah. Something happens. How is his composure? Does he battle back? Or if he's uh, the Leafs are up by three and a team ties it, what's his mentality there? Because last year when that happened, he would shut the door and allow the Leafs to continue to build and go on and win the game. So those are things that we need to see to say, hey, this complete picture is back together, and this guy is kind of rebuilt and ready to keep going as the sonar tracking machine, and then, of course, the brick wool when he comes back as well. It'll be a great tandem, and Mr. Jones and the Leafs will be waiting in the wings. But what say you guys about sonar? We'll wrap this up quick. I, I think what's... <clears throat> What's important for Sammy is to make sure that those little things don't get inside of his head. Um, I, I truly believe that confidence is the number one thing for a goaltender. And I don't know if he has this mental strength, but uh, you talk about John Cooper and Vasilevsky's like um, relationship. And Vasilevsky, if he's getting shelled, he's like, no, keep me in this. And I think Sammy needs that kind of mentality to be like, I'm going to stay in here and go through hell to make sure that I am mentally prepared for anything to come my way. And as for when Wool comes back, I really want to see where their relationship uh, kind of falls. I know that when uh, Murray was here with Sammy last year, they had a fairly good relationship and I look at Allmark and Swayman, and they have a great relationship. They want to see each other succeed. So I'm very curious at how Sammy's going to react if he's, you know, on a good roll up until Wool uh, comes back. If he's like, oh, yeah, like I want to see Wool do good as well. So, like, I want to see how well their relationship 
plays throughout the year. And um, I want to, I want to see healthy competition in the net because it only builds confidence from within each other and the team moving forward. Yeah, uh, I'll take that and run with it a little bit. I think if Sammy plays and can show that he can play and be confident like he did this past week, it's his net again. Uh, love Joseph Wall. Uh, I think he's definitely going to take over next year. Not No question whatsoever there. Uh, but I do believe that if Samsonov can be that guy again like he was last year and can play like he did this week, it's his net. Uh, Joseph Wall's coming off an injury. He's only got, what, 35 career games or something? Like, I understand that he has all the tools. And, and James, I know uh, our guest last mm-hmm. week, uh, Kevin, was Kevin, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he yep. has a lot of praise, and I, I get it, and I, I see it as well. Um, and next year, Hope plays 55 games. Uh, but uh, I do believe that Samsonov got his contract in the offseason for a reason. He is still getting paid more money. Which has a lot of it holds it holds some weight in the NHL. It just it just does. Uh, and if he can play like he did and be as confident as he is, I think he's that guy. He has a bit of an X factor to him, and I think he can he can take the net and run with it. And I think that that will be better for Joseph Wall in the long run. If I can just say that as well, if you get Joseph Wall again, just kind of getting back into it, not rushing necessarily. Uh, and being able to play a few games here and there and just continue to learn. He's still very young. He's still very fresh. Yep. And next year, he's the guy. You tell him in the summer, Joe, you're our guy. And you're coming in as the number one. Prepare that way. And he will uh, because he has that mentality to him. Um, I think he will be great. Uh, but I do think if Sammy can be this guy, he runs with the net and it's him. I won't say that he's all the way back, like I said earlier in the show here. Uh, but... Um, there's a lot more confidence there. I felt it. I felt the difference. I could I could see the difference on the ice on watching it from my from my house. I could see the difference out there. It felt different. Uh, he looked different. The team looked different around him. And yes, I will say that uh, I think he is on his way back. But he's we got to see, like you said, James. I think it's really going to be key to see not just him getting a shutout with a 16 shot performance and him getting a really good performances in front of them for a couple games. Uh, let's see what happens if there is maybe a bit of a, a adverse situation in a game. And remember last year too, last thing I'll say on it last year, when he had a bad game, he bounced back with a great game this year. We haven't seen that. So you know what? I kind of want to see, and I don't want to see them lose, but I want to see him have a bad game because I want to see if he can bounce back. That to me is going to be another big step because that was what he was last year. He bounced I, I can't remember the stats, but his stats after a bad game were unbelievably good. If you can get a bad game and you see him bounce back, that means his head is at least in a better place than it was before. And to me, that's more important than him just seeing him have a few good games in a row, which is also great. But I think we need to see a little adversity and watch him bounce back. And if he can do that, I'll believe it. No, I'm 100% with it, like I just said, on the same topic. So. Sonar, keep playing well, buddy. We'll see you in about eight days in Leafs Nation. Same thing for you. We'll see you uh, probably after the All-Star break because there's not going to be much to talk about this week, Leafs news-wise, with the All-Star game in town. See but, you all on um, TikTok. Before we, uh, before we break here, I want to send uh, get well wishes, do well, feel better wishes to Patrick Laine, who entered the player assistance program today, uh, hoping he comes out on the other side. Uh, Fresh as a daisy and ready to go 
whenever that is. But I hope he gets the help he needs to see him through his darkest and you know demon time, I guess you want to call it. Um, he did put out a statement over on Instagram. I encourage you to go listen and and read it. But uh, want to leave on that one there. If you uh, need help, reach out, talk to somebody, get assistance. Don't hide. Don't keep it suppressed. And uh, yeah, man, talk to a buddy. Talk to someone. Let someone know what's going on. And uh, you know what is around here, guys? This right here, Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.